As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. Day today is the 16th of August, year of our Lord 2022. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bone and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the card again, James Edwards III of that same publication, The Athletic. James, lots <sighs> of stuff that we're going to dive into today. But before we do that, we got some housekeeping that we want to that we want to jump into. I will give you the floor now. First, happy uh, early birthday to Papa Edwards. His birthday oh, is yeah. uh, his birthday is the seventeenth, yes. so we'll just miss it. Um, happy birthday! Pops. He already knows the gift that we that me and my sister sent him because I couldn't. I, I did one. I didn't know if I would get it from the person on time mm. to send to him, so I had to let him know, like, "Hey, I'm working on getting you this. If it doesn't make it in time, don't hate me." Yeah. Uh, secondly, I already told him what it is, but. Uh, my dad's favorite basketball player of all time is Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to know Steve Smith, member of the media, uh, Detroit native, Michigan State legend, NBA legend, if you ask me. Yeah. Steve, the great guy that he is, sent me a Michigan State jersey autographed oh. to send to my dad. Oh, man. So my dad got it on Saturday. He didn't open it because he waits till his actual birthday. Like, yeah. he's, like he's 68. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he knows what it is. So shout That's out. Awesome. Thank you, Steve Smith. If you're at all listening to this, thank you again for uh, for that. That is so uh, cool. Other housekeeping thing. Last week, we talked about the BNC Fantasy Basketball League. Mm-hmm. Because you guys are the absolute best, um, the absolute best supporters, and we love you guys. Shocking response. This has turned into the Bun and Cardigan Fantasy Basketball Leagues. Yeah. Multiple. Plural. We had close to 200 emails. Initially, we said we'll take the first 10. Then as emails, <laughs> as the less than an hour after the pod came out, we had 80 or 90. Yeah. We decided me and Nick together could handle doing four together. Yes. So what we're going to do, this is there's going to be four B and C Fantasy basketball leagues. Every, we, I think we have how many people have? Oh, hold on. Let me finish this before we get there. We're going to have four B and C fantasy basketball leagues. Ten listeners in each, plus me and Nick in each. Yes, that was That's, a very popular question. A lot of people were emailing being like, hey, since you're doing more leagues, are you going to be in this? Yes. I, yes. I, yes, of course we are. Yes. yes, we are both. We are doing. We are both going to participate in all four. Um, first place winner in each league gets 400. Second place winner in each league gets 150. Now, on top of that, what the top two, first and second place in each of these leagues is also automatic bid into what will end up being our ultimate BNC Fantasy Basketball League a year from now. It is We're hoping to make it a league where as long as we do the pod, this is our fantasy basketball squad. So there you go again, two weeks in a row with the caveat of if we're still doing the show, I said, as long as we're doing the show, I'm messing with you, go ahead. This will be the league after this season. So if you win first or second, in either league, you get either 400 or double your money in 150, and you automatically 
get to enter what will be the definitive bun and cardigan fantasy basketball league a year from now. Yeah. Um, we have, there are, we had, we sent out all 40 emails last week. We have a, we gave them until Saturday night to reply or Sunday night. So some of them, I, it, it, it doesn't matter. Eventually as it worked out, everyone uh, had until Sunday night. And yes. then as of this morning, the day that we're recording this Monday, I sent wait, out. Wait. A- yeah. Hold on. Before you say that, okay. the people who have emails that say you have to pay by Sunday night, unfortunately it is too late. Please do not send us the money for the league. If you are listening to this and then just realize that you had an email because I don't want to have to send you your money back because right. as right. Nick was going to go on to say, if you did not reply in the original um, call calling out to be in the league, which was Sunday at 8 p.m., we had reached out to, I think it was what, 12, Nick, 12 other people to join. Um, So those, if you check your emails, folks. Yeah, check your emails. But if you check your email and it asks you to to send it by Sunday, do not send it, unfortunately. And we are super sorry. We have moved on. We We want to give everybody a shot. Yeah. And we try, we extended it even another day for you guys to get back to us. Uh, obviously people are busy, miss things. It didn't some happen, people, so. yep. Some people did reach out and say, Hey, you know, you can give up my spot. Hey, I was out of town. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. So some people, I, a lot of people are very communicative, uh, and okay, I appreciate good. that. And, uh, as far as what the next steps are going to be, um, we will figure out, uh, when the dates for the draft are going to be, uh, it'll be closer to the season. Um, yes. So everybody sit tight because we want to make sure if there are any injuries that happen across the league in camp or anything, we don't want people drafting and then getting screwed because because it's such a big league, you're going to need to take drafting super seriously. Right. So if you have right. one of your top picks go down, your whole season might be shot. So we're yeah. going to we're going to cut it as close to the wire as we possibly can. Uh, what we will probably do. Well, we'll cross the bridge when we get there. But we for those who have already sent in uh, the money. We will be doing uh, each draft over Zoom, so you'll get to hang out with us for like an hour or so, um, yep. kind of chop it up, and then we will go on from there. So I Yes. Think- so really quick, if you are listening to this and you have and you check your email to see if you got an email from the Bond Cardigan email, Gmail, you are still eligible if your email says send the money by Tuesday. What time did you put? Well, I, I did Wednesday. Because oh, the, the pod comes out on Tuesday, okay. so I was like, why don't I give people a day? If you have an email that says send the money by Wednesday, you are still available. You were one of the ones replacements. You are still available to be in. I think we're how many are we at now total? Are we over 30? Probably need like 10 more or something. I think we're eight, nine or 10. I think we're waiting on eight, nine or 10 more people. So check your emails. If you have an email that says send by Wednesday, you are that is we are speaking to you that you have until Wednesday to send. Uh, the money to the PayPal and Venmo or the Venmo and the cash app that are listed. Um, and then like Nick said, every draft we'll do on zoom. Um, and we will probably try to make some type of Google doc. I'll figure so, we'll, we'll cross we'll the figure bridge. out something so people can try to pick the best day for them. I already have the plan for that, but okay. I don't want to, I don't want to give people an information overload right now. Cause right. we still have a lot of time. We're not in a rush right now. So. Yeah. We're not in a, we're not in a rush to set it up. But please reserve your spots so that we can get moving on how to set up from here on out. So Boom. thank you. All righty, James. Now, before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of this show, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. If you, James Edwards III, uh, mm-hmm. you're still you're still the same guy. You have the same job. You have the same life. But you have to start a podcast about something that is not basketball related. Are you you're probably going to do music or like sort of a culture thing, right? Yeah, it'd be like either. Uh yeah, it'd either be like a hip hop podcast or like a, a sneakers podcast. What are you gonna call it? Off the top of your head, gun to your head. The it would be the sneakers one. It would be called Kicks and Giggles. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's a great one, right? It's <laughs> a great a good name, one. Right? That's yeah. cute, but it's but it's like shoot the J. It has to exist already, right? I don't think there are many. That's why I was like thinking about shoe pod. I don't think there's many shoe pods. Kicks and Giggles. Let me Google it. Well, yeah, because how much can you really do with that? You think you know. Yeah, like you'd have to do it would be like a comedy slash sneaker. The kicks yeah. and giggle. There's a the kicks and giggle show. <laughs> that song that sounds like I, I want to stay away from that. The kicks uh, and giggle show. Today we are going to be, even though it is still the dog days of the offseason, we're not doing another draft. 
We are not sellouts and just we're not going to resort to that, even though it would be so easy to do that and so we're, fun to do that. There's a there's a fan survey. Yes. Uh, that we're going to read. I'm not going to tell you where it's from. It doesn't matter. We're going to make content out of it for an hour. Um, thank you yeah. to Terry Foster and Woodward Sports for coming up with this idea. Um, they yes, had a, a, a fan service or fan service, a fan survey come out uh, for their publication. I don't like this joke. It's corny. You know how many people texted me about that? Can I just go ahead? I didn't really want to talk about it, but go ahead. I'm just going to say my piece about it. Yeah. Do you know how hard it was for me to care? It has nothing to do with like you being my guy, you being like, I would defend any journalist in this position. There's one stance. There's one. There's only one stance on this topic. And like, I'm going to be super bullheaded about it because. And shout out to 97.1 because I heard today that they did, talked about the results of the survey and mentioned several times where <laughs> it came from. So shout out to them. Shout out to 97.1. So anyways, that's behind us. I don't care. You were right. Everyone. Else, and it doesn't matter. So my only can I just clarify my only beef? <laughs> With that, like the thing that drove me the most nuts. Yeah. People are acting like I came out and said I created this master survey that's like never been done before. Questions that have never been thought of. Yeah. Oh, I never said that. I know it's a it's a dog days of summer with something interesting to do. I'm not the first one to do a survey. We do surveys at the end every year. Do it every year. I do it every year. Um, And my thing that annoyed me were people in my mentions like, dude, it's if you're calling them reading one question plagiarism like you're just like this is a reach fam they only posted one clip on twitter if you go listen to the whole show from that day they did 25 30 minutes they read the entire survey it wasn't just one question from the survey they did the entire survey right um that was my beef it takes as 97 one respectfully did they said where it came from it takes two seconds that was my only thing it's, yeah i don't understand why it was i i didn't yeah i don't know uh but there i have love for some people at woodward um adam who's on that show is great i also don't actually have a problem with terry foster i i mean i believe it was yeah i don't mistake, either but... i don't have an issue with terry either i don't know adam he he's a good uh, dude he's a good i'll leave dude. that up i'll um yeah and then um but yeah no shout out to sean shout out to thomas kool-aid easy there's some people over there who work hard and are are trying to make a name for themselves. Sean Murphy and, uh, is Sean, does yeah, Zark work yeah. for the, I don't understand. That's Zark. I don't think I don't know if Zark actually does their social, but he wasn't oh, the one right. that he wasn't the one that got him uh push a teed though. <laughs> um, all right, let's go on. Yeah, let's go on to the survey. Yeah. So James is going to be reading F Step School Sports. All right. Um all right, so are you ready for this? Yes. So, are, so are, you, are you taking the survey or are we going through the results or both? Well, don't go through the results because then why would people read the story? You have to incentivize the story. You're just going to be asking me the questions and I'm going to be giving you my response. I mean, we can all, like, again, this is not a story I particularly care about. We can also go through what people said and we can have okay. dialogue on it. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's but on you. It, it's your story. Right. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't really care. It's okay. just a quote of piece. Are you confident that the Pistons are heading in the right direction, Nick? Yes, no, need more time to decide. Yeah, only yes. Uh, for the better part of a decade, you know, talked about it before. Pistons were a middling team that were fighting for a, a, an, an, an inachievable goal. Um, and hitting the reset button, you know, was a hard pill for Tom Gores to swallow. But, you know, he finally did it. And by God's grace, we're in a much better position today than we were, say, even two years ago. So only yes. Question. Did you look at, do you know the results? Have you yeah, read I, it? I, okay. Yeah, I read the story. Yeah. Okay. All right. For those who may not have seen it yet, 98%. Who voted? Um, and this was over two thousand subscribers responded. Yes, ninety eight percent said yes. They are confident. That's overwhelming. Like, I'm. Listen, I've said it before. People who pay money, um, to be people who pay a subscription to be part of to read sports, like those are usually, um, the optimists. How do I say this stuff? The optimists. I wouldn't even say optimists. Um. I'm trying to say this without being disrespectful because people get so sensitive. Um, if well, you're paying, if you're paying money to consume sports content, you're a diehard. You're probably le level-headed, a uh, intelligent sport fan. Not that, not that everybody who doesn't pay money to to consume sports isn't smart. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're willing to give money, you're usually open. You're reasonable. You could be level-headed. So. I think, and I've said this before, athletic subscribers tend to, um, 
we tend to be on the same page when it comes to like it's not as hot takey as Twitter or as you know what I mean? It's like, more reserved and tame. Sure. So for for example, this is what I mean. I probably said it. Somebody's going to get upset or and butthurt. I'm sorry. If, well, if people aren't going to you know what I mean? Like people aren't going to pay a subscription price to troll. Right. That's what I mean. Uh, exactly. So like question two is a perfect example. And we'll, we'll talk about it. how many wins do you expect the Pistons to have next season? Nick, zero to twenty five, twenty six to thirty five, thirty six to forty four, forty five or more. 26 to 35, somewhere in that range. I think if you put the number at, you know, 31 and a half, 32 and a half, I think we're consistent with that. Actually. I think we said that a few months ago too. Um, I think the Vegas over under is 27 and a half. Yeah. Somewhere around there in, a, in an ideal world. I, you know, I'd love to be like, you know, this team is, you know, healthy and they're able to stay consistent. And um, you know, the thing is, is like, once you get into the dog days of the season, Right. Like we've seen some rough stretches from this team. Now, arguably, that's when Cade was was kind of at his best. And, and you know, so when people kind of start talking about the the playing pushes and stuff like that, it's like, I don't think that this team is going to be quite bad enough to go for Victor Wembanyama. But I also don't think that they're going to be good enough to go for 10. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, the, the improvements that this team, made, they're also still largely an inexperienced team. 11 of 16 will be 24 or younger. I was literally going to say over half the roster is not older than 23 or 24 years old. So um, that plays into it. The veterans are great. I think, you know, Troy was able to make some pretty decent improvements, largely on the margins. Um, So overall improvement, but marginal at best. So this is the the overwhelming response, 72 and a half percent, 26 to 35, which I was shocked because to me, it shows level-headedness. Listen, this is this is kind of goes back to what I was trying to say with the last question with when people subscribe as in comparison to like just consuming all your news on Twitter. Nick, you've been on Twitter. There are people as soon as they get Cade, as soon as they get Ivy and Duran, their excitement equals over expectation. So like they think this team could be a 40 win team and whether or not you think that that's fine. It's your opinion. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation of a team that has 11 players, 24 or younger. Sure. So that's what I say. When you, when you tend to pay money, you're going to be, have a little bit more level-headed approach. And I was very surprised because I peruse Twitter and I peruse the athletic all the time. Uh, on Twitter, you see more people like this team should is no doubt should no doubt be a playoff team. Um, X, Y, Z. And then you look and kind of the overwhelming response is, yeah, there's going you know, to win 26 to 35 games, probably just miss the play in. If they get in the play in cool, which is, I think is like the most level headed, exact, reasonable expectation. Um, again, fans that you have free reign just think however you want. Uh, if you think this team's going to win 50 games, good on you. I just liked that. A lot of Pistons fans had a level headed approach. There was still massive excitement, but that excitement, which, in recent years tends to lead to over expectations did not hear. It's just excite. Everyone's excited, but they're not expecting the world to shift overnight. Do you, do you wonder, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm completely wrong here. I don't know. I'm spitballing. This just came to me. Do you wonder if the collective city of Detroit sports being in a, in a rebuild, you have the lions who are preaching patience. You have the red wings who are preaching patience. You have the tigers preaching patience. You have the peasants and they're all showing some pretty decent, good to decent results, right? Minus the tigers. But yeah. I mean, Alavil is gone. So I feel like we can kind of turn the leaf there, go get Carlos Correa this off season instead or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, the, the lions, obviously shout out to Tom Kennedy um, and David, not David, David Blau or Tim Boyle real quick. David Blau. Foul. Um, Tim you get what you, you kind of get what I'm saying. So, like we, we, with Stevie, with Brad Holmes, with you know the the tires. Oh, there's excitement in the city. So I think it's it's like cultivating this sense of patience because we have no choice but to do it, and so it feels like everybody's there. You know, there's this light at the end of the tunnel. But what's the saying? The light at the end of the tunnel is actually a freight train. But it's not in this case. It was if you're the Tigers. If you're the Tigers, yes, hundred percent. And the, but this is to, my counter argument to what you're saying is. I've in in listening to people speak about Detroit sports and uh, voicing their opinion on what the Pistons should and shouldn't do in the offseason. I've learned that because everybody in the other teams in the city are rebuilding, there are like a little more urgency for the Pistons to be better sooner. And I don't think that's fair. I've said that before. There was one team in the city that needed to rebuild the most. It was the Pistons. They rebuild. Mm-hmm. They took the longest to get to the rebuild. And, oh, they're the only team recently that's brought you playoff bas- playoff postseason sports so i don't know 
I don't I don't get grouping the Pistons in with the other ones when it comes to that. I don't think that's fair because the Pistons have long pushed away like a full scale rebuild. They finally did it. And just because everybody else is rebuilding at the same time doesn't mean the Pistons should speed theirs up to be better sooner because they had the capabilities to do so. And I hear that a lot. Well, that's not a counter argument to me because I'm not saying that they should be no, they no, should be better faster. Argument, it's a counter argument to you saying that people are maybe more patient. Oh, okay. okay. I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily the case. I, I think in this case it was in this sure. survey it was. Sure. But I've also heard the other side where it's like I'm tired of all these teams rebuilding. The Pistons had they could have got DeAndre eight and they could have got. I'm not going to say his name because his name doesn't deserve to be said on the no. spot. No. Um, they could have made a trade. They had the opportunities. I'm tired of rooting for bad teams. It's like, well, that's the Pistons rebuilt. Took them the last. They were the last ones to rebuild. Uh, they brought you playoff, playoff, playoff sports to Detroit, the most recent, and they're in a great position. So don't group them all together and don't vent. Don't make the piss. Don't try to say the Pistons should speed it up because everybody else in the city is rebuilding. Why don't you ask the Red Wings to like actually do something? It's been a pretty decent time. Why don't you ask the Tigers to do something? Hey, how about the Lions win a playoff game since James has been alive? Then, then you can get to the Pistons. <laughs> how about that? You watch Hard Knocks? I did. Shout out to Colton Pouncey. Yeah, shout, shout out to shout CP. To Colton. I knew it would be in there. We were we were debating going into it if he would uh if that clip would would make him like Colton's he, 100 making it did he tell you when it happened yeah they got a uh i don't even know if i'm supposed to say this but i think people like i don't think people would be surprised the media got like an early they got to watch oh, yeah, it before no, we known, all did like known. an hour or two before yeah that's so known. he texted us and then i tweeted something about it and colton asked me to delete it because i basically snitched that he got to watch it early <laughs> i felt bad <laughs> to colton yeah no that's love yeah, uh, Jamal Williams. Okay, let's not do the Lions. We'll do that at yeah, the end well, of the show. This, what's the, this, what's the next question? Quickly. What's the next question? Um, where do you expect the fin- Pistons to finish this season? Bottom five, lottery team with no plan, plan tournament, playoffs. Yeah, so I guess I kind of already answered this one. I think I got a little bit ahead of myself and answered a few of these uh, prematurely. They're similar. I mean, yeah. similar. Um, I would. I think. What did I just say? Somewhere between nine and twelve, probably in the draft. I mean, unless you're, uh, unless something extraordinary happens in the middle of the season, you send some guys out and bring somebody in who you think you know improves the team. Uh, maybe the Karis Levert type or something like that. You know, just throwing a name out there that Troy wants to get ahead of in free agency. Um, even if you did something like that, I think the ceiling is the ten seed. I don't think. I don't think it is feasible that Detroit goes higher than ten this year. I agree. I don't. Is there a world where they're a play-in team? Yeah, but the 10th seed gets you the play-in. Yeah. Um, and I, I certainly think it is uh, not out of the cards. I, I wouldn't put that expectation on them, though. It's, you can do whatever you want as a fan. I would not. Um, question four: Where's your confidence level in Troy Weaver in the Pistons front office? Not, not confident at all. Unsure. Confident. Very confident. I'd say a strong confident right now. Uh, the winner I, I, was very confident at 64%. See, I can't get there yet though. Why? And, and I can understand why people would. So here, so what do we know about Troy Weaver so far? So here's what we know about him. We know that he can draft really well, right? It's one of the things that we talk about the most on the show is his talent evaluation. And that's why when we were going into the draft, you know, pre-draft we're two months ahead of, ahead of June. And I'm like, Hey guys, I don't really want to fight about draft picks this year because ultimately it's in, it's in the hands of somebody who, who I trust. Um, and his track record as a as as somebody who who has the, the holds that position the power of drafting pretty good and especially with Detroit has he's only been incredible right so so that's not something I question and I'm very confident uh, with him moving forward there. What's another thing that we know about Troy Weaver? Another thing that we talk about all the time we know that he knows everybody. Okay, he has a, a, a established <laughs> relationships with people with high profile names in the in the front office on the bench uh, and more importantly on the roster. Okay, so and and those are the same relationships that can that can one day bring you free agency uh, targets uh, like Jeremy Grant. But the thing is, though, with that is who else? Buddy Bayheim. You know what I mean? Like, what's the payoff of that been so far? So we still have to wait to see. And that's a small one. I'm not saying that as like a definitive reason, but like we keep hearing about how he knows all these people. But like, I need to see that it actually turns into something. So that's a, that's a fair argument. I have one more. I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I think that he hasn't had to pull the trigger yet. But yeah, I know what you mean. So and th- and that's what it comes down. That's to, why right? you're a is, little. Yeah. What it comes down to is this. 
is I've, I've talked a lot today so far about how Troy has done a bunch of things that are quote unquote on the margins. And that's been a lot of this, right? So he's nailed the drafting part, which is a, which is a huge and probably the most important part of this rebuilding process is you have to first get the right guys in the building and he's done that. But beyond that, it's like, okay, so you're going after these guys who bring a veteran presence in the rock locker room. And they, you know, they're the, you have the right, the right guys around your rookies, bringing them up and, and, and coaching them up the right way. Um, but like we haven't seen the big move, right? So we've only seen Jeremy Grant. We came into this offseason thinking, okay, we have a little bit of money to spend. Do you go after the DeAndre Ayton? Do you go after, you know, whoever it was going to end up being? And you didn't, and you didn't have to. And I think you credit Troy Weaver for that. And I believe you actually wrote that in the story that you do yeah. kind of credit Detroit for uh, not splurging and not doing something that, that they didn't have not to. Not getting but, antsy, yeah. But what I want to see is when we do eventually make that blow up the young core trade, right? What does that look like? Is Troy Weaver a guy who's going to get fleeced? Is Troy Weaver a guy who's going to give $150 million to Joe Harris in free agency next season, right? So when it comes to the crunch time moves and the shit that we need to do when it actually matters the most and when we're trying to go for that four seed, that three seed, I want to see Troy Weaver and what he can do then. So until that happens, I'm only confident. This is probably the best spiel you've ever gone on in the history of the show. Like it's the it's the most coherent, it's the most one that you didn't say anything that's like kind of like kind of disagreeable. Like I'm, pro- that was good. You came ready to play today. Thank my you, argument, James. my arg, my only argument against that is everything Troy has done so far. You've loved, correct? Okay. Oh, and I was gonna I was gonna go there. So you, so, no. I think my so, thinking would be you should be you're. Just because you haven't seen it, I understand the hesitation, but you've been you've loved everything else he's done. So why so are you not going to so do that, too? It's a good point, because two things. One, there's a difference between I have no reason to believe he's going to do something dumb and he hasn't done anything dumb. Maybe that's not the right way to phrase that. But what I mean is like. It would be so easy for me to sit here and be like, yeah, I'm very confident. Of course, he's not going to do anything wrong. But the level headed part of me, and I've been consistent with this for like the last year and a half, is when is Troy going to do something that I fundamentally disagree with? Because not every GM is going to have a perfect track record, right? And guess what? That finally happened a month ago. I haven't said it really. I think I've maybe alluded to it like once or twice on this show. Bringing back the teals? No, I know you're going to remember because I sent you some very explicit texts. We do not bash players on this show. But for what it's worth, I only hated the Kevin Knox thing. I think it's dumb. I think oh. we we consistently see Troy Weaver do what one of three things. He gives a vet uh, a minimum deal for the aforementioned veteran presence. He gives a guy a prove it deal or he gives a guy a reclamation project. Josh Jackson was the latter two. I'd say Kevin Knox is probably the latter two. Marvin Bagley is the latter two. Right. So. When those are the only contracts that you're bringing in, it's like, okay, well, when Draymond hits the market and we're seeing these reports that, wait, does Draymond want to play for Detroit? Are you going to give him, you know, 120, 125 million? Is that something that you're going to do? Because they are not going to do. I'm just throwing this out there as like a the same way. They're not actually going to give Joe Harris $150 million, but yeah. you know what I'm saying here. So yeah. I, you're right. I don't believe that he would be on the, on the fleeced end of a trade. I don't believe that he would overpay for a guy, even though, the Marvin Bagley contract, some could argue is a little bit ambitious. And I think just speaks to the, the loftiness of the ambitions that they have for him. Um, And so because of that, I don't necessarily think that we can say it's a definitively bad contract right now, considering how productive Marvin Bagley was for us this season. So I don't know. Can I, can I, um, I listen, I'm, I hear what you're saying. I just, we have a show, so I'm going to bring up, I'm going to ask you another series of questions in this line. Okay. Let's so who would we all consider reclamation projects the Pistons have brought in so far? Under Ty, Troy uh, Weaver. Yeah. Frank Jackson. One. Trey Lyles. Two. Josh Jackson. Three. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. Marvin Backley. Marvin Backley. All right. So let's go through it. Trade, trade, trade. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Frank, you hated at first and then ended up loving, correct? So I'll, I will answer the question. Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay. I'm just asking. I was going to bring this up because you're right. Trey and Josh got you who? It got us Bagley. Who you love. So his track record so far on the reclamation projects has been okay. Oh, it's not, oh, oh, it's so, not about that. It's not you, about but, whether but they're good or bad. I know this is what I'm going to, though. 
you said you fundamentally didn't like the Kevin Knox deal, but what if Kevin Knox turns out to be good? So because I, I love that you're bringing this up, James, because you're so right. Because I meant to add, there is one more thing that we know about Troy Weaver. And that is that there is not a man on this planet better at identifying talent that Nick despises and then turning them into his favorite player in three months. Kelly Olynyk, nobody liked him. Okay. Nobody did. I love him. And he got married with a snapback. Love it. He loves that snapback. I haven't seen Kelly without it, except when he plays. Right. Congrats to Kelly Olynyk. Love him. Okay. Frank Jackson, I, I didn't like, I hated him. Turned I don't into one know of my how he's players. not on the team right now. I really Unreal. It's only insane. The Josh Jackson thing, I already liked Josh Jackson, so I didn't need to be convinced there. And, and I, I'm not saying Josh was great here. I'm just saying I, I am. He turned Josh and Trey Lyles into a piece that they feel comfortable with long term, who was a former number two pick. That's all again, I was pointing out. Again, and that's it's a, you're right. And it's not about whether they are good or bad reclamation projects or prove it deals. That's just what it's, they did. Have you been. get your bang for your buck with them. And they did. They got their bang yeah. for their buck with Trey and Josh by turning him into a guy who's a number two pick three years ago. But all my point is, is that's all we've seen him do. And we haven't seen what he looks like when he goes after the big guys. Right? No, I the know. Big- I know. Nobody's seen that. So that's why my thing to you is you're he's checked every other box for you. So why are you why are you not very confident? Again, I have no reason to believe that he's going to do something dumb. I just have to reserve myself instead of being like okay. it's this it's this I get le- what you're saying we're just i'm just i'm just making this conversation go longer than it needs to it's it's this level-headedness that i feel like you have been conditioning in me <laughs> for like the last year and a half and when i finally show the discipline and restraint to be like hey i'm not gonna be like we have the greatest gm in the world and you're like well maybe we do and i'm like wait <laughs> what I'm, are you the fan what's i'm proud on? of you i'm proud of you i love troy I want You're him potting to a... today, by the way. You're listen, potting today. Listen, You're man, in your cap- bag. Capital P. I love Troy. Pushing P. If I could give him a lifetime deal, pause. He would have one today. But I also Hold on, you'd look- give him a lifetime deal, but you're not very confident. <laughs> See, there you go. We're going to the next. <laughs> that doesn't make any. That's sense. quite All the right. contradiction. That's quite the contradiction. Oh my gosh. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Question five. How? I can read. Gosh, I wish whoever wrote this survey uh, was better. That's on the editor. Have you been pleased with the job of Dwayne Casey and his coaching staff during the rebuild? Not at all. Somewhat fairly pleased, very pleased. Sorry, yeah, I forgot that there were answers. Um, It would be somewhere between pleased and very pleased because fairly pleased and very, yeah, between fairly pleased and very pleased. I'm sorry, fairly and very, very, yeah. I would say probably very minus, maybe very, very. Yeah, probably very pleased minus. Okay. So just just on the on the fringe right there. So that sounds uh, like yeah. fairly pleased. Sure. I know <laughs> when we uh we get into that mid-December stretch when there's uh you know the new guy on the block who's not getting enough minutes and there's one guy who's getting too many minutes. Um, you know, in that early in those early season stretches, I know it's fun to get on Dwayne Casey, but like the reality is has pretty much like every guy that's come in here gotten better since they got here with the exception of killing Hayes, like, what are we really talking about? You know what I mean? And like and, when we have a team Saban. who, and it's the, well, that's, well, a, and, 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 and in Saban's and actually, let me take that back. Bit. Let me take that back because Saban has shot the ball better in settings. I also, you know what, just to go, just to backtrack really quick. Uh, Luca Garza is a guy that Troy Weaver could not convince me of. Didn't like, <laughs> I was not sold. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, uh, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Speculate on that one. So let's, yeah, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no. So I think it goes, you know, top to bottom. I think even using the lines as a good example here, right? When you cultivate that culture and that sense of drive and determination, it also helps that Troy drafted some of the best people in their respective drafts for those same qualities. And when you bunch all those guys up, but that same mentality and that same narrative is perpetuated on a daily basis by Dwayne and his coaches, right? Whether, whether it's Rex, whether it's Jerome, whether it's Jordan or whether it's Dwayne himself, um, these guys are getting prepped probably as good as they possibly could. And that was Shout as evident Jim, Jim Moran too, as evidenced by last year, when the Pistons were in how many competitive games that they had no business being in. Right. And you still ended up with Ivy and you still ended up with Duran. So uh, are there some things that I wish were different? Maybe sometimes, but the, the overall theme and, and beyond next year, cause not this season, but the following year is the last year on his current contract. I don't know. I'm glad you didn't put that as a question. Cause I would not have an answer for it. Cause I don't know what I want to happen. Then I know that I want him around. I know I want him in the organization, no matter what, even if we go get another guy, uh, me as a Pistons fan, I want Dwayne Casey in my life. I've always, I've long um, believed that the hardest thing to do in the NBA is turn a team around midseason, um, which is why I voted for Ime Udoka as coach of the year. The Celtics were floundering. Is that the right word? Struggling. No, floundering is a good word. And then they just absolutely in the middle of the season turned it around and were the best team in basketball. I thought, you voted, for money. I thought you voted for money. I'm sorry. I might have voted for money. I don't remember, but I should have voted for you. Okay. If I voted. okay. okay. Um, to a lesser degree, the Pistons had a 14 game losing streak in November to December. Lost to the Wizards in Washington. It was a lot of losing going on. I mentioned the team meeting, wrote a story about it, how Dwayne has kind of gotten guys, continued guys to believe and buy in. And they were near 500 basketball the second way, second part of the season when guys could have just easily packed it in. So I think I've said it before. We've talked about on this pod. I think 80% of coaching in today's NBA is being able to get players to buy into what you believe and to be able to get, want them to play for you. The X's and O's is butter on top. In today's NBA, guys have to believe in what you're doing, what your program is. They have to want to play for you. They have to want to not throw in the towel uh, because they respect you. And I think that in today's NBA, with all the personalities and all the players that are have such a voice, um, I think that goes a long way. And I think Dwayne Casey gets guys to want to play for him. It's ego stuff, right? You're an ego manager. Who's the best babysitter? One of the best thing, one of the reasons that Phil Jackson is one of the greatest coaches of all time is because he's one of the best babysitters of all time, period. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. Sealed and signed. It's not my level like Billy Jean, but the kid is mine. Yeah. So 100% agreed. Yeah. Triangle offense wasn't all that, for being honest. All right. Um, if you have Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, it's not that bad. No. Then don't forget about Scotty and Shaq. Um, oh, yeah, which, player needs to, which player needs to take the biggest leap? Keyword needs to take the biggest leap. Cade, Sadiq, Isaiah Killian. I am saying this as a man who, oh man. Ladies and gentlemen, here's here's my thing. I am somebody who, if there is a day where Killian Hayes is not on this basketball team, there will be a Killian Hayes. There'll be a six foot five sized hole in my heart. And uh, that's going to be tough. But here's the thing for me is if I'm looking at a point guard who is a specialty guy on defense, right? I feel confident with him guarding two and a half positions. Actually, isn't Killian 6'7"? Or is he still 6'5"? With a fro, he's 6'7". Yeah, well, there you go. Right? Plays a lot of defense. Not a ball stopper. Moves the ball around. Facilitates really well. Don't question his ability to pass, but can't score, right? So what's the appeal? He can play defense and he can pass the ball pretty well. Not only can I find that guy at seven, I can find him at 17. I can find him at 29. I can find him at 35. I could probably find him at 52. I could find that, that archetype of player, right? You're potting today. I can find him anywhere. So as much as I would love to sit here and be like, kill is going to average 12 and seven off the bench next year. I think it's fine for him to be a tertiary guy. I think it's fine for us to accept the fact that this guy is not going to be the one, he's not going to be the two, he's going to be sixth. 
that's fine. And he'll just come into supplement Cade. And if it's not, again, go find that guy at 36. That's where we got Bruce Brown. Just do that instead, right? He was pretty much a point guard at the end anyways. Point guard Bruce Brown? Sure. Why not? Who cares? At least he could shoot threes from the corner. And that was pretty much it. There we go. <laughs> Look at you. You're even covering your tracks when you say some wild stuff. Look, you're potting today. So here's the thing. When it really comes down to it, I look at Sadiq and I think to myself, the last year taught me something. The last year taught me that, oh, wait, you being Chris Middleton would mean that you're the you're the guy. You're the my turn, your turn guy with Kate. That's you. And that's what we saw from Sadiq last year. We're going into last year. It was like, okay, so Sadiq can shoot the three and he can defend a few positions. That's really good. And then the season starts and we're seeing. Sadiq is putting the ball on the floor and he's going to the rim. He's playing with his back to the basket. Now he's guarding one through four. And we're like, okay, so Sadiq is taking a a pretty substantial leap here, right? Uh So now I'm thinking to myself, okay, is Ivy the my turn, your turn guy with Cade? Or is it actually going to be Sadiq? Because right now in my head, I'm thinking the hierarchy is going to be Cade, Sadiq, Jade, and Ivy. So what I would say, what I would say I want to see from Sadiq then is I want to see him take the biggest leap. And I want to see him be the guy that I'm like, okay, you are too. That like they're this the the kingdom here is like it's clear it's crystal clear I know what's going on, um and and what would that entail? Probably just even more athleticism, right? Like, can he take more guys off the dribble? Is there a little bit more explosiveness in his step? Um, gotta not be streaky. Sure. So I love that answer because I agree. I think people over there are people who think Sadiq is. Has a, has a potential to be a starter for a long time in the league. There are people who think he might be best suited off the bench on a good team. I think that there is a world where Sadiq. I th- I think it's being overlooked. I think Sadiq's being overlooked. I think Sadiq legitimately. There is a world in which he's the number two guy on a really good team. And if he gets there, that opens a new dimension for Detroit. I still think the answer is Cade. Only because he's the one that has the most potential to be that guy, a top 10 player. He Pistons fans believe he'll get there, but he's not there yet. If he doesn't take another leap to show that he's entering like the top 25 conversation, I think people are sweating a little bit more. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? Like you need a he needs a LaMelo ball season two. He needs a season where he doesn't rightfully get voted as an all-star, but the injury reserves have it as such that Cade ends up being an all-star. I a hundred percent agree with that. No, I would say, uh, I don't even remember if that's actually how it happened. Did LaMelo actually get votes? I don't remember, but I can't remember anyways, as far as the answer to that question, I feel like I just would have to go with the guy who went out of his way to make it harder for him to breathe so that he could be even better at basketball. He basically went to space to play basketball so that his lungs didn't work. I'm going to, yeah, I'm picking that guy. That guy's going to take a crazy leap. The answers fans voted Killian number one at 43%, Cade number two at 39.7, and Isaiah Stewart number three at 12.4. And just to reiterate and to be clear, my, me picking Sadiq is not like a, his con, his next contract depends on it. I mean, it does in a sense, because like, how much more are you going to get paid after this season? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess mean, yeah, they want to find out. Yeah, I mean, they want to find out what, he, what what exactly is. Like, I'm I have no question he could be an NBA starter. Like, he is an NBA starter for a long time. Yeah, where else does what? what and that's great. Well, is there something else there? I think there might be, and I know other people don't think so, but I think I think it's in there. Those people are wrong. Um, man, I just lost. I don't know why I clicked off the survey. Um, one second. Sorry, you oh, were. Player? Is uh, most destined for a – hold on one second. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Because I feel like uh, I feel like the internet is going out. So I know one of the questions. Let me just ask you the question that I think was next. No, I have, I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Okay. But I'm getting scared because my MacBook is taking forever to load. Okay, we're good. I apologize. This is great podcasting. <laughs> All right, which player do you expect to have a breakout season? We just did that. No. Oh, we're do, oh you're right. You're right. Years. You're right. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot. You're right. They're, they're splitting. Like, and I could see why somebody thinks me. Like, I don't think Sadiq has broke. Like, I, I don't no. think you're. 
I don't think your average NBA fan knows who Sadiq is. So I still think he can have a breakout season. Yeah. Uh, all right. So who, which player do you think will have a breakout season? And I didn't realize you could add different answers because I didn't put the whole roster, but I now see that the whole roster is available mm-hmm. to pick. <laughs> um, so are you ready for this? Yes. Isaiah Livers. Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, Kate Cunningham, Marvin Bagley. That's all I'm going to give you. I don't count rookies as having a breakout season. I don't. The answer is Isaiah Livers because a month ago, two months ago, however long ago it was, we all sat there. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways from Las Vegas. Look, it was really fun to watch Jaden Ivey. It was really fun to watch Jalen Dern dunk on literally everybody and swat everything off the backboard. It was awesome. But you know what else was awesome? Was watching a guy who I was like, Oh, okay. Like, wow. Yeah, you're so not you're the actually... big, you were you haven't been the biggest livers fan. No, no, I wasn't. I mean, admittedly, some of that was because of Michigan, and then he was hurt. So like he wasn't playing. So as far as I was concerned, he wasn't a piston. He was just a Michigan graduate who was like on a he, he was a I, mythical he, figure. He, he was an intern or something with the pistons or something. Like, yeah, I didn't know it. So, so until he actually started playing, I was like, Oh, great guy. I was Great like, guy. so it, he goes to Vegas and he's knocking down all these threes. He's this huge body. He's swatting a basketball off the backboard at 500 miles an hour. And he was one of the biggest like, oh, wait, so you're going to get real minutes this year because like you probably didn't need to be here. Yeah. Maybe you did not belong out there. So that's still my hot take. I'm dying on Isaiah Livers starting lineup opening night. That is my hot take. I'm sure it'll change as soon as we get to camp camp. Yeah. But I right now I'm I. Listen, if Isaiah Livers, I don't care if it's because everybody broke their toes the night before opening night and Isaiah Livers is starting. If Isaiah Livers starts on opening night, I'm coming on this pad and I'm on this pod and I'm getting my shit off. I love the very subtle, like making up a hypothetical injury, but it's like a really minor one. So nobody yeah, I didn't want to like really I didn't yeah. want to like it. Yeah. But isn't Isaiah Livers like the most. To me, he's the most like Dwayne Casey player on this roster. Hmm. Smart, already is he funny. The best guy, just but the nicest he, guy. But is he funny? I think he's funny. Yeah, he's been funny. I made me laugh before. Smart, knows where to be on defense. Works his tail off. Can shoot the three. I I even think there's like he'll be able to put the ball on the floor a little bit more than he's shown. Like I think he's like a Dwayne Casey player to a T to the point that if Dwayne is tired of his team shooting a bunch of bricks, um, that I legitimately think you could see a lineup: Cade, Burks, Livers, Bay, Stewart. Don't make some threes. Nobody else will, but that would make some threes. I have a question for you before we go on. I've read like a lot of comments recently that like this. This team's ceiling is dependent upon Cade and Ivy. Um, I know Ivy was the number five pick. As evidenced by what? I guess my question to you is, like, do you think fans are already, like, uh, expecting too much out of Ivy? Or am I, or should I, like, to, am I undervaluing the number five p- pick in this draft? Or am I no. am? I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, okay. But I, I would say for the most part, I mean, look, I, I actually I, I didn't. And I'm I, not saying really quick. I'm sorry. I'm not saying I don't think Ivy will be a good NBA player for a long time. I'm just saying I don't think he's going to be uh, take the world by storm. In the his first fate year. of the season does not rest uh, upon the shoulders of Ivy, obviously not alone, but even a, a little. I mean, obviously, you want to see him come in and make a substantial impact and, and contribute in a meaningful way. And I would say the same thing for Jalen Duran. But I don't know that that burden is on a guy like Jaden Ivey more so than it is somebody like Sadiq just because he was the fifth pick. Like he's a rookie. I'm also like not expecting him ever to be like a superstar player. Like, I don't think Ivy's a superstar player. Like, I think he's like, I think he's at best. He's like a really good NBA player. And that's <sighs> yeah, not a knock. I, mean, I know people are going to be offended. Like, I'm not like, I don't, I don't, I don't think like he's going to have like a hall of fame career. I, I, I don't know. You know what? I just don't, I still can't, I still can't really wrap my head around that. Jaylen I think he's gonna be a really good player. I just want to make that clear. Jalen Duran's eighteen. Yeah, one eight, eighteen years old, born in like two thousand and three. Yeah, it's crazy. That's not the math on that, but I mean, he, if he has a late birthday, if he's he... turning nineteen this year, yeah. yeah. Okay, is there is there another one? Is there another question? Yeah, How there's many more a few there? more. Okay. Do you expect Cade Cunningham to be an all star? Nah, no. no. 
I don't even need to go. I mean, come on, guys. No, like, LaMelo was in year two. But again, uh, maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought that was because of injuries. So if that's the avenue, yes. But the Pistons are going to stink. Uh, and that's it. There are too many good guards. Close book. Are you- Probably won't be. I give him two more years before he's in the conversation, which is bull. And, and here's the thing. Me saying he's not going to make it is me saying that he shouldn't. Because there's probably going to be a really compelling case. And I'm probably going to be banging down the door. And I'm probably going to mauled and cry and slide down the wall when the Shams notification comes out and he didn't make the team. I'm going to be upset, but I'm going to be like, yeah. Are you happy that the team is bringing back Teal? Yes, yes. only. All right, last one. Which grade would you give the Pistons offseason? <sighs> I you know what grades are? Whoa, just because I dropped out of high school doesn't mean I don't know what grades are. Yeah, there's F and D. D's the best, right? That's the best one. Uh, I, I Originally, I was going to say C+. I think when I read this story originally, in my head, I was like C+. And then I was like, that's way too harsh for no reason. Because uh, I was like really upset about the Kevin Knox thing still at the time. And like, because I've gotten past the Keegan Murray thing. I'm like, whatever. I'm really happy with Jaden Ivey. Like genuinely, Keegan Murray looks great. I can still root for him from afar. But like, we have... Jaden now so it's fine uh but i was still upset about the kevin knox thing so i would say probably just a hard b to a b plus i think you only nailed the draft like i i mean like i just said whether you whether you ended up with ivy or murray i mean it sounds like the plan was always to go get jalen Dern. whether you you know swap something early on whether you got the hornets pick whether you did no matter what it was it sounds like he was one of the guys that they wanted the most so um coming away with those two players i feel like kind of because it's such a meaningful moment and like a franchise altering moment for the third year in a row. We have a franchise altering moment in the draft, by the way, uh, that it kind of outweighs everything else that happens, right? Like you lose Frank Jackson. Okay. Well, you brought in Alec Burke. So like, that's cool. And that was their choice to lose Frank. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you bring in neurons. Noel, you got a big who can defend, who can block shots, defend the basket, teach Isaiah something about taking charges. Um, you know, you, you re-sign Bagley to that contract. We talked about it earlier. If you think it's an overpay, it's just a reflection on how ambitious, uh, they, they, they feel ambitiously. They feel about him. Um, other than that, like, you know, I hate that I'm about to say on the margins again in this episode, but that's pretty much what everything was outside of the draft. So hard B. They better got than hard, better. better than hard D. For sure. Yeah. I mean, um, they get, pause. I got better. Uh, I'm sorry. I got better. They got better. And that's, that's it. Yeah. I think the two biggest off season things are they left, they went into draft night with the number five pick and left with two lottery picks. One of which was somebody that the organization fell in love with, uh, throughout the process and Jalen Duran, the other one in Jaden Ivey, who some in the organization had at the top of their draft board like if they had the number one pick like they there's a couple people that would have been fighting for ivy to go one um so with that said they also walked away with the most the probably the two best athletes in the draft for a team that's not the most athletic so yeah that's automatically puts them into b range what also gives them a, a tick for me is they as we mentioned earlier they had money to use and didn't they didn't get antsy. They didn't have to use it, and they didn't. They kicked it down the can for a year. That got them to a B plus for me. Cool. Yeah, I, I I would be hard to hard pressed to disagree with you there. All right, I think that's it. That's everybody all you got? go listen to Triple X. Danny right. Brown came out to. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, it came out eleven years ago today. Yeah, uh, the new Megan The Stallion album. That's what I'm picking. That new Meg is crazy. It's so good. Shout out to shout out to Sam Riddle. My, I've told you that my, I've told you that my one of my best friends is his is her manager, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 I did know. Shout that. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Wicked Yacker. Uh, before we sign off, James, what are you what what are you mad about today? Like, what's the is there something in the in the universe that you want to get off your chest? Is there anything you want to are you mad about anything? Got some. Let's let's. How are your vibes today? Let's do a vibe check. Vibes are pretty good. I've been like, do I want to talk about this on the pod? Let's do it, dude. Let's get deep. 
I got some stuff to get off my chest. I almost all right. So as you know, my least favorite part of this job is social media. Like right. I naturally just don't like like I, if I if I were in any other profession, I wouldn't have social media. <laughs> um with I don't like I don't I didn't the whole like when people just I say things and people get upset people get angry people make troll accounts to troll me like it's weird to me like yeah. I'm thinking about only and I hate this because there are so many great people and so many people who interact and add to the conversation and have interesting things to talk about but I almost like feel like I should just like tweet my content and that's it. What do you think? I was going to try that for the season. No, no, no. Somebody says something dumb and I quote tweet them or anything like that. No getting into verbals like just here's my content. Here's the news. Here's some breaking news. And that's it. You can't yeah. you, you follow me for Pistons news and let's leave it at that. Yeah. What do you think I mean, about that? I mean, I think that there's uh even I was kind of at a point uh, like probably like a year ago where I was just being really antagonistic towards like everybody for no reason, just because I was like going through some stuff. And then I was kind of like, wait, this is just inviting more people being like D bags in my, in my mentions. So I had to make like a conscious decision to like stop dunking on people and like stop having a predilection for stirring stuff up. Um, so yeah, sometimes man, having the presence of mind to just not hit send tweet sometimes is uh the, the restraint is is definitely there um and as far as like because you also still have to protect your personal brand right so you still want to exist digitally um because this is and this is good this could get really philosophical and weird no, real quick but i think um you know like one of the things that's been uh weird for me is like outside of this show i just like don't exist to people after existing to people for like for a while you know what i mean I'm so jealous and so you know there's a lot of that that is nice but there's also a lot of it that isn't because you know i, I still read everything i still read like when people use my name as like an easy joke to like get likes and retweets like i still see it right and so yeah. um you know those 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 sex of of people um, are always going to exist, right? I'm I'm always going to have those pockets of people who who you know dislike me for for whatever reason. Some of them might actually be you know genuinely valid. Some of them are just because I don't know uh, people on the internet are people on the internet. So uh, sacrificing uh, your mental health for like a hilarious dunk on someone that is just gonna you know invite a bunch of toxicity. Sometimes uh, it's tough, man. It takes a toll for sure. Yeah, and I think for me is I need to be able to rem and I and I always get reminded when I'm like out in the city, like actually living life, which is often and people like come up to me like hey, I'm a big fan of your work. Like on my girlfriend's birthday on Friday, like a guy just came up to our table and like shook my hand. I was like, that's awesome. That happens often. And it's like that's like the people you do it for. But I always tend to and I always say thank you to people like on the Internet when they say great story. Like I always try to comment on every comment on every story I try my best, but I need to focus more on just like the positivity and the people who are positive, which is 50 billion times more than the negative. It's just, you're just trained to see the negative and that's what bothers you. So I need to find a way to better do that. Like, so with the whole, uh, uh, North eight mile sports thing, um, People like made the meme like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh, James Edwards. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they're making yeah. like the whole and like people were like making up accounts just to, like it's just like. First of all, none of you guys are like went to journalism school or are trained journalists and like actually like know like Woodward Sports isn't a wasn't a like this isn't a uh, a podcast to buddy star like they consider themselves a legitimate media company and if that's the case there's ethics you play by like that's you learn that in school i know a lot of the people didn't go to journalism school that's just so it was, i was getting annoyed with everybody like making these jokes and i usually i can take jokes like people make jokes all the time and i give jokes like it is what it is but i was just like at a point where it's like why do i even 
like is it is it worth it to show my personality like should yes. i just be a robot who tweets his stories only tweets the news that people want tweets about the game and that's it that's how you like ostracize yourself is the thing right so when you start to when you start to consider what other people might want from you that's when you kind of find yourself in a position where you just become super self-deprecating right so that's kind of what happened with me where uh when the people who are sort of you know against you or, or dislike you uh they're always going to be the loudest. And honestly, to use this show as a, as a really good example, I can think of like 50 horrible things that people have said about me in the last like month, right. That I've seen. And because that's all that I see, because like I said earlier to a lot of people, I just don't exist anymore, which again, this isn't like, it's, I'm not trying to have like an attention seeking thing. Like that's not what this is. I'm just trying to be empathetic to your situation. Um, what I found really comforting was how many people reached out to us over email for, you know, however many different reasons, whether it was the fantasy basketball league, whether it was um, some people, can I, you know, what makes me really happy is when people have emailed us like, like life stories, like they will just write stuff to us about experiences that they've had or, 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 you know, growing up or currently or whatever it is, like people will, will say some pretty intimate things to us. And that I value that so much because it means a ton to me that we have been able to create an environment where people feel comfortable enough to share these things with us. And of course we would never read them on the show. And um, a few of them I, I've been able to respond to, um, you know, so it, 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 it's important to lean on the people who do support you um, because I've found myself in a lot of spots where I ignore the people who are supporting me because I'm like, no, the people who are like, nah, dude, you suck and you shouldn't like make videos or be on the internet. Like, it's a, here's the thing for somebody who does what I did, I can't take a joke. I can't. <laughs> I'm soft. I, I will, I will mauled and cry. I can't do it. So it's a tough place to live, man. The internet, it's a tough place to exist. Yeah. And again, I've been dealing with it since I got this job. It's just part of the territory, um, I guess. Though I do think that, that like, uh, I don't want to say that. Um, yeah, it's part of the territory, I I guess. But it's also like makes me do it. Like you, you guys, people follow me because they want Pistons news and stories. So should I just give them Pistons news and stories and avoid any type of disagreement with somebody that may lead to a scene on the internet that's just dumb and like i don't even care but i have to sit here and as my phone blows up because people want to you know what i mean but right, but see but see that's what but what you just did is exactly what i'm saying right so when you say people want like people follow me for pistons news it's like maybe that was true when you first got hired because they're like oh this is the new guy working this is the new guy on the beat for the athletic covering the pistons i should follow him right but at this point i feel like you the, the reason that you have been as successful as you have been as a writer and as a person and as a and as a podcaster if i can be honest with you is because you have been able to sort of expand your brand and what it is that you are and what you do and what you're about right so it's the I hate only the word brand, by the way, but, but that's, but that's what, what it is, mean. right? It's At the just, end of the I'm day, just that's me though, but it's, but it's your image, right? When people think James Edwards, the third, what are they going to think of? Yeah. They're going to think Pistons because that's like what you do also. Cause like James Edwards, they're going to be like, Oh my God, is that your dad? No, it's not his dad. <laughs> um, but again, happy birthday to Papa Edwards. Incredible yeah. gift from Steve Smith. Um, no dude, like what people want from you is just James and, and there's a healthy way to do that. Right. And if, and if you, is the explosiveness is the you know the sort of fiery like clapbacks I mean, which you is you know I like talking right shit. right but that's and and that's and that's totally different right that's different if you're just poking fun of people but you know what I mean and and you know where I'm going with this and and I know that your intentions are always pure so um, you have no reason to sort of I'm not going to say you're cowering because that's not what it is but um, you know to to sort of lower yourself just to appease people who don't have profile pictures. No, that's helped. It's helped. This was like yeah. a this was yeah. like an OG bun and cardigan after dark caught on tape. Yeah, this is it. This should we should this should be this therapy session should be the YouTube. Do you think so? Yeah, I think it's good. Okay. I think that should be isolated just in case people didn't make it to this far of the pod. 
if they didn't make it to this far in the podcast, they probably okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, can I yeah. tell you? Can I give Check you one of my emails for fancy basketball? Here's a grievance. We'll get out of here. I promise. We'll get out of here in a second. What is your grievance with me? Why don't more men's restrooms have changing tables? Why? Why is this a thing? In 2016, Obama passed the Babies Act, right? So there had to be more changing tables, which is great. But like, and I'm not trying to go on a whole like gender norms thing here. Yeah, you are. It's okay. But like, you actually, don't even though, have a kid. No, I don't have to have a kid. You to are a kid. For, okay. Oh, hold on now. This is for this is for all the dads out there. I'm sure that you wish you had an additional uh, changing table instead of being in public and having to find like a unisex bathroom. And if they don't have that, dads are like changing them in their laps. They're going down behind walls. There was a Washington Post story about this from Melissa Gomez like three years, four years ago. It was great. But it's oh, wild. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get poop on my uh, my Raptor fours. <laughs> I need a changing table. Even the, okay, I'm, I won't go into that anymore. But there does need to be more changing tables in men's restrooms. That is Nick's take of the week. You want to get out of here, James? Shoes since the video, <laughs> did you? Do you care? The video where we didn't buy anything. No, since uh, my sneaker collection video. Oh, okay, sure. Do you care? Yeah. All right. Um, actually, I won't show them unless you think you'll make a YouTube out of it. How long do you think it's going to be? Probably not. If it's going to be like a minute. Uh. I got the gray uh, Sakai's. Waffle Fire. Sakai's. Are you familiar? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I got the off-white fives. Oh. The most comfortable. Jor- Listen, the way Virgil reconstructed those, this is the most comfortable Jordan I've ever put my foot in. It is ridiculous. RIP to Virgil. Uh, mm. I think that's it. I think that's the last of what I've gotten recently. Yeah, off-white fives. I feel like I'm missing something. Well, that's it. Man, I was doing a lot of thinking about the multiverse recently. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> this is just trending towards Pangea territory again. I literally have it in my notes. I wrote I, I wrote down four notes for you today. One what of them they? was the multiverse thing. I don't the even sec- know what that means. The third one was the question I asked you at the top, which is what would you have a podcast about? Because it was like one in the morning the other night. And I was like, I should ask James this question. I was going to text you, but it was like two in the morning for you. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and then the other one was the restrooms uh, need more changing tables. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars. Leave a review if you're feeling or generous. Napster. I don't think Napster is a thing anymore. Can I give this a quick Google? Does Napster still exist? I don't think so. Shout out to Sean Parker. Mm, I think he's a scumbag, actually. Never mind. Napster.com. Uh, yep, it still exists for $10 a month. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get... Uh... Them franchise boys. I'm gonna download them franchise boys pink tea or whoever made pink tea. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.